Mala! Yuck, Mala! Welcome back, my friends, to the Cult Film Showdown! I am your host, 8th Dan Standu, and I am super happy to be joined by my good friends, and I've got Nick Boxer. Greetings and salutations! Viva! Arriba! Viva! Yeah, I know, it's, 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 get excited, let's get excited right off the bat. And, and James Cotta. I'm going to start chanting, Viva Adu, Viva Adu. <laughs> Viva Adu, oh yes, I, I feel like I should be like on a, on a balcony waving to my fans, you know, oh, wonderful. And then, and then Jacob, and I forget your last name. Well, I, I said Jacob Bladder. Oh, Jacob but, Bladder, that's right. But, you know, I, I found out, I didn't know what a bladder was. Uh, I didn't know it was really not an appropriate last name, so <laughs> I, 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 now that I know that, I, I, I'm not going to be Jacob Bladder. I've, I've instead chosen a different new name. Uh, uh, my first name is now Chris, so refer to me as Chris, please. And my last name is Peacock. Chris Peacock. Oh, Chris Peacock. Okay, nice, nice. Good, good stuff, good stuff. Okay, um... Yeah, it's really easy to lose track in, in a show like this now, but, um, but the, okay, so, we, yeah, we, we have, we have two choices, so, so we are talking about Evil Knievel's, um, starring vehicle, haha, <laughs> Viva Knievel, um, and so we can, uh, you know, James, your idea, 85 Minutes of Fame. That's right, 85 Minutes of Fame, the... The idea being that uh, these are all films that feature someone who's famous for something besides acting. Uh, so in the case of Evil Knievel, very famous for hurling himself across chasms at a great speed, mm-hmm. uh, which in the 1970s was a job. That's, that's given, right. Given, <laughs> given this film, can't we rename it 85 Minutes of Shame? <laughs> well... Well, it's uh, that I, I guess that's that's what's open for debate for the next uh, uh, however long it takes yeah. us to talk about it. <laughs> All right. And speaking of uh, talking about it, uh, we it's now time for Nick to describe Captain America. I mean, I mean Viva Knievel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I had to look up to make sure the bike wasn't the same in red crown. <laughs> Captain America too. Um, yeah, this is a starring vehicle for Evil Knievel. The, the hanger that they put this movie on is a plot uh, that has Leslie Nielsen recruiting Evil Knievel's protege to get Evil Knievel to come down to Mexico so they can kill him and smuggle, I think it was $50 million of drugs back with his body and his truck. Now, if that sounds at all confusing or a poor plan, <laughs> don't worry about it. Because the rest of this movie, we're going to be paying attention to his mechanic, Evil Knievel's <laughs> mechanic, and his estranged son. Not just and not just a mechanic, freaking Gene Kelly as his mechanic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> in the in the perhaps single worst piece of casting in history, Gene Kelly as his liquored up mechanic. There is also a shallow uh, love interest inserted in in this film for no apparent reason. Uh, evil courts uh, uh, a journalist of some kind who 
has the money to helicopter in for his events. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, if this plot sounds at all, or this summary sounds at all disjointed and <laughs> not making a lot of sense, you'll get the sense of this movie. This yeah. this is, you know, just evil can evil in on a big screen, and uh, that's all they needed to fill out this time because wow no sense yeah it's, i i, I described the in, in my notes i described the plot as uh, basically a scooby-doo it's, uh, it's, it's about the depth there's so the many episode. subplots to this thing and so many characters <laughs> that it's just amazing like it, it's it's really and and this this is one hell of an impressive red game. buttons but he's gone after the first five minutes oh yeah yeah yeah, sure. yeah he's there for like half an hour or so but he yeah. actually has the best acting moment in the in the whole thing. Like he's the one where it's just like, "Damn, red buttons, way to go!" It's a shame that you you know had to leave. <laughs> well, he played a dick. He played a total dick, which is against red buttons, type, cast against type, and that's not what you think of as red buttons. I mean, he's but it is one impressive cast. Like there's one thing you can say about this movie. I mean, it's five million dollar budget and equivalent of twenty million dollars today, uh, twenty one million in that range. But it. The cast is super impressive. Like you mentioned, Gene Kelly and Lauren Hutton and and uh, Cameron yeah, Mitchell throw, and uh, throw away Dabney Coleman. It just Dabney Coleman, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. The interesting <laughs> thing, though, that I would question is Leslie that Nielsen. was this impressive in the seventies, or was Gene Kelly just really desperate for work? Because it feels no, like Gene Kelly and Red Buttons, you know, like these guys might have just been itching for work. I mean, Red Buttons, I I think he actually knew Knievel, because like, I, I watched the evil Knievel, uh, 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 what do you call it, the Dean Martin roast, mm. and Red Buttons is on that as well. Um, and uh, so I think they, they might have been buddies or something. I mean, Red Buttons was, a, he wasn't giant, but he means... Did you ever, it was the Dean Martin roast, did you ever actually see them on, on screen together? Because there's a good chance... <laughs> Those jokes were just generic ones that that were done, and you know, and the, and later or later cut together because that's what they nice. did with the Dean Martin roast. That is awesome. Was constant. Uh, Every time you see somebody laughing, it's probably from some other joke at some other time, and like they're they're they were constantly like having, having people make roast people that weren't there, and then cut them together and all this stuff. Like it was crazy. That that would it. It, the, I mean, the jokes are about evil Knievel, but as you, as you mentioned, it, there was something as I was watching it that uh, it didn't seem to show evil's reaction shots at any time at the right times um anyway <laughs> uh i mean l- let's remember that gene kelly is only three years away from making uh xanadu so that <laughs> probably tells you where he's at uh, <laughs> and but we can't forget the get the amazing st- i like some might even call it stunt casting of Cameron Mitchell as the as the villain uh, as the uh, the heavy <laughs> the villain yeah yeah like villain is is a little strong really so the heavy he's the, he's the he's the cutthroat one he's the one that's got to pull the trigger and try to kill evil Knievel. and that's uh does a great job uh, I mean <laughs> I, you know I felt like the actual vi- like the the person who was closest to a villain was Dabney Coleman um, when it was just like, oh right, you gotta you gotta make uh, make Gene Kelly's character go go away, and it's just like, mm, no problem, I'm ready. But in in his thirty and a half seconds of screen time, I, Lauren I, I Hutton think... was pretty big at the time when she yeah, was in Lauren this. Hutton, she was yeah. she was a pretty you know pretty big star. 
Yeah, it's a. I mean, Lauren Hutton's character is is pretty odd in this. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> because I, I don't. I think that it, the the elephant in the room for the love story with Lauren Hutton is is that Knievel had been married for eighteen years and had three children at this point, which is never mentioned in the film. Evil is no, playing that, himself. That would have gotten in the way. That would have gotten in the way. <laughs> evil, evil's playing himself at this time is not like an origin story or anything. It's play he's, at that time, and and evil in the public eye was a like a really big family man. Um, like it, you know, Robbie was in the show. Like he always had his family out for the interviews, um, and. Yeah, and then it becomes a, this awkward love story. Uh, yeah, but but it is said to be. I mean, it was never meant to be a biopic. Like he's playing himself, yeah. but it is a it is a, a fictional story, and it always was intended to be. I mean, the, what got me about this was that he was thirty eight years old when he made this because he looks in his sixties. So. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I was I, not ready to hear right that. At the end of careers. Oh yeah. I was going to complain about the age difference between Evil and Lauren Hutton, and there's like two years. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Like <laughs> this is like a May December thing, and it's like a May and later May. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That, the road has owned him. That guy has lived a hard life. <laughs> no question about it. Yeah. No. Yeah. And the thing about this movie is, I mean, we called the last film by, by Thor a vanity project. Like, see, not every film this season. The concept, you know, the 85 minutes of fame. Not every single film is actually a, a vanity project. Like some of them were, you know, the the people got cast because somebody was trying to cash in on them, but it's not that they necessarily had the the power. This is even more of a vanity project than the last film. Mm-hmm. This because in this film, don't get me wrong, Thor wanted you to know that he was the biggest uh, and smartest and and strongest and all that, but this film is evil Knievel trying to like control his image as the ultimate nice guy, family man, most moral, anti-drug, you know, clean living, um, honest, you know, just like the perfect human being, which makes it like the most incredible. That's to me the most incredible thing about the film is because, you know, uh, Evil Knievel had his demons, to say the least. <laughs> to say the least, yeah. Because he got, he got uh, you know, put in jail about six months after he yeah, we, released this movie four months after four months after this film <laughs> came out he uh there was an author um who of uh, one of the guys who co-promoted one of his jumps the snake canyon jump i believe this most famous one that that he was supposed to jump over with a rocket tied to him and then didn't happen and vince mcmahon was one of the co-promoters and the other co-promoter wrote this book and in it he talks about what a jerk he is and he cheats on his wife and now he's into drugs and so evil knievel got on a plane at the time with two broken arms uh, and some friends and took an aluminum baseball bat to this guy in a, in a parking lot four months after this film came out, which completely ruined its international distribution. And, you know, and so that's why when you go to the Wikipedia page for the first sentence is evil Knievel was a showman, stuntman and convicted criminal. That's the <laughs> open line. <laughs> it's, you know, the weirdest thing for me is that this actually it doesn't feel like a vanity project to me just after watching it. What it feels like is a studio project where it, where it's just like, hey, Evil Knievel is kind of big. We should we should find a way to shoehorn him into a movie so that we can sell sell tickets. Well, well, Stan, you are one hundred percent right because I mean this is an Irwin Allen picture. Um, 
he took his name off it. But I mean, it has all all the like the the earmarks of Erwin Allen. I mean, yes, it's shallow and like that. But yeah, Erwin Allen did that with the disaster films and like that. Get a bunch of stars, throw them in, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Towering Inferno, yeah. Spider- yeah. Poseidon Adventure, things like that. Yeah. Nothing, nothing deep. So I think just writing it off as a Vandy project, I think it's a mistake. I think, I think, no, I think Evil had so much control over this and, and portraying the image and wanting to do this. I, I think, I, I believe that this was done as a favor to him. Um, you know, and certainly most of the people in there, like Frank Gifford, were favored to him. I, I don't know. It's, it's. I can, I can, I can add. They, Go ahead. I just 1971. They already had a film with him starring George Hamilton. In 1974, they did a TV pilot with Sam Elliott playing him. So I mean, it's, they'd already done films on him to cash in on him. Like that had already happened. So these are this film. The fact that it stars him and he's like I say, portraying himself as the most perfect man ever. To me, that's like I'm sure it's the Vanity Project, the ultimate Vanity Project. Yeah, it's, it's. I think it's both. Like, I, I don't think it's a. It, 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 the reason actually that the reason that this is in the season is because this is the movie that gave me the idea for the season. <laughs> because I had I had watched a documentary about Evil Knievel, and they mentioned that this is just one of like it's considered one of the worst movies ever made. Um, and part of it is is that Evil Knievel's not convincing playing himself. Um, and uh, but you mentioned the the George Hamilton. Um, Evil was unhappy with that film. Um, he had licensed his his the rights to his life, and um, they made the film with George Hamilton, and he just wasn't happy with it. So this is an opportunity for him to set the record straight because you're right that like the the picture that the public has was incredibly important to Evil Can Evil, and he wanted like he had this image, and you see during the film how many times they tell you how expensive his stuff is um like that is very much part of him as a person uh that the all the stuff is seven million dollars and this truck is two million dollars and uh this is a custom that uh well, it's, it's the thing is it's almost impossible if if you weren't there to understand how big like i was trying to think of a modern yeah. day equivalent to how huge this guy was i mean at the time of 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 the you know at one point in time um, he was on the, the of the 20 most watched sporting events of all time. He was in the number one spot and four other times on the list. Like trying to like Tiger Woods, someone like that, you know. Tony like, Tony Hawk might be like the. Uh, but maybe. even even that, like I, I, I mean, don't think it's as yeah. big. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody had toys. I had an Evil Knievel yeah. toy bike. Everybody did, you know, like his toys, which is why, I mean, he's spending all that money. In 1980, he files for bankruptcy because the, the, the lawsuit, it was he never paid the guy a dime, but he lost $13 million to the author of that book for beating him up. Yeah. And, and he lost all his sponsorship deals and his toy deals and all this stuff. And, of course, he just kept spending because he's Evil Knievel, yeah. right? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's – uh, the guy, the guy was something. I, I think his most famous quote is some. He was asked by I think it was Jim Rome uh, who asked him. He's like, you know, the the Snake Canyon. What do you think your odds were? And he's like, well, fifty fifty. And he's like, well, it's a fifty fifty. Why are you gonna do it if there's a chance that you're gonna die? And his quote was, you know, who the hell I am. And <laughs> that to me sums up the guy. 
like the crash in this thing, the the one that's not him, that's actually him. Like that was his 1975 crash in Wembley, where there's like his last jump, obviously, and he survived. But I mean, he would have been 36 at the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, that's a hell of a tumble. Uh, you know, I do like that. And, and the other thing is this film, like when whenever there was a stunt driver, which was most of the time or stunt men for him, um, the guy was in much better shape, much skinnier and whatever. And I'm yeah. sure that was evil's decision. Like, make me look good. Get some don't get somebody whose exactly, body yeah. looks like mine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's funny because there's actually not a lot to talk about when it comes to the movie. Because yeah, we we spent this entire time discussing the man rather than yeah what we actually saw on this screen. Because I feel like the rest of the movie is just so paint by numbers. Like you you go into your your movie writing factory and and say like, hey, I've got evil can evil make me uh make me a story that that makes him a hero and makes sense for evil can evil. And it's just I like, think watching paint is definitely the way I describe this movie. Yeah, that's a good that's a there's a John Badham, I think, 2015 movie done for TNT that's like a biopic. That one's probably good. It's on YouTube. I'm, I might watch that afterwards. Clean, clean my palate from this thing because yeah, this, other than the stunts, other than the stunts and the occasional riding of the motorbikes and some cool stuff happening there, everything there else is incredibly boring. Not, like oversell this. There are two jumps in this entire thing. That's true. <laughs> yeah, there's 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 a shocking um, um like shockingly low amount of action for an action movie. <laughs> yeah, such there, a good movie to be done jumps, with a guy in a stunt bike. And you think. the 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 where where uh, they do an old trick that he used to do of a guy jumping over a motorcycle. Yeah, he used to do that when he was young. He was the guy who yeah. would jump over, who would stand there and do the splits and jump. And the, in this case, he was the guy on the motorbike, and the younger guy did it. But other than that, the action in this film is not good. No. <laughs> there's a car chase. Come on, there's a there's a motorbike versus versus a semi truck car mm-hmm. chase that mm-hmm. uh, that that had me wondering how the hell is this going to work? Um, <laughs> and it didn't. <laughs> well, he had to, he had to get creative. He had to, he had to evil can evil that bad boy. <laughs> All right, well, I'm good to go to scoring. (laughs) All right. Uh, In our search for the ultimate B-movie, we rate each film in five categories. None of those categories is objective quality. Uh, The first one, though, is called Schlock Appeal, and we start with Stan. I was really shocked to find out that this one was actually a theatrical release because to me this felt like a tv movie all the way it just it just felt like you know oh we're getting a bunch of, it's like love boat with evil knievel <laughs> <laughs> oh man i wonder if he was ever on love boat that's i'm looking at <laughs> well, that's that's right yeah. a chance yeah because because it just feels so tv and and i and all i could think of while i was watching it was captain america and how tv that was and of course it was on tv and this just felt the same way there's no swearing there's no no nothing to it and so it wasn't schlocky it was just it was just there and i can only give it a three um i think uh, just the presence of evil knievel gives it a three i will bump it up one more for the presence of the 
tremendously impractical super bike. Um, <laughs> oh, that was really impractical. So I'm yep. up to a four. I, I'm I'm back down to a two. It's just not schlocky. It's it's too it's too beslick a Hollywood production. There's nothing schlocky. There's bad, but there's not schlocky. I'll. I'll be a bit more charitable uh, because it is uh, – I, I think if you were having a bunch of people over and you were going to put in a movie that uh, – like, oh, this is a silly thing that you know have in the background. It's evil Knievel, and he's, he's making speeches, and he's, uh, he's helping out the kids. He's, he's delivering his own action figures to orphans at so one I'm point. Not, pl- I, I think he's <laughs> sneaking into or- orphanages at night. <laughs> we might make him back to that in a different category. Uh, f- five, though, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna shoot the moon on this one. Uh, more heart than budget, uh, and you said a five million dollar budget, budget is which is twenty one million in today's money. Given the fact that that really like you could use evil's um, stuff. You could use his truck. You could use his bikes. I mean, really building your, or, you know, just re remaking his bikes wouldn't cost that much money. I think most of the cost would actually just be, be the people that you filled out around evil. Um, and there, and it's so like, there's, you know, there's a couple of jumps, nothing spectacular. Like we said, there's next to no action. And, I don't even feel like evil wants to be there half the time. So Gene <laughs> certainly doesn't. Um, honestly, yeah, four. Um, yeah, no, uh, everyone in this is a paycheck player. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll go up to a two just because I, I do think uh, evil had something to say here. I mean, hell, even the, even the credited director didn't show up. Erwin Allen had to do all the work behind the scenes. Um, so yeah, too. Like one thing I, I for me that this movie does is is it tries to have heart. Like the the story about the estranged kid and the alcoholic father. Like it's trying to be but have that's a lot of fake heart. heart. That's just bullshit yeah, I know Hollywood it is. Heart. I know it. I know it is. So let me finish. <laughs> <laughs> It has it's, – it's trying to have heart, you know? I mean, uh, Evil Knievel just being such a nice guy and just trying to have heart. And, and it's him control. like I say, it's him controlling his image. He – I think he worked hard on this movie to control his image. And it's all phony as hell. So, uh, one. <laughs> Drop me down to a two, actually, you know? <laughs> that, that argument uh, <laughs> made sense. It's, uh, it's all forced. I – I I think that uh, I'll be I'll be a bit, I'll say I'll be a bit more charitable and go with three, um, which doesn't seem that charitable. But I, I think and and most of that actually is for the the extensive anti drug metaphor that Evil oh, tells in front the of the speech. crowd. The speech was, again, so phony, so phony. This so what was it? Um, uh, if if you oh you I come to the Indy 500 that's, every that's year. Right. Yeah. Yes, I come to I come to the Indy 500, and these guys instead of filling their car with with uh with gas, they fill it with nitro, and then after 10 minutes they blow up. Well, that's what you're going to be like uh, uh, if you if you do drugs, you're going to fill your your body with nitro, and then after 10 about five 10 years, you're going to blow up. Don't I, do drugs, kids. I do believe Nancy Reagan may have learned all she knew about drugs. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, it put me right off of, ni- of nitrous. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it made it made me wonder, like, what kind of like what kind of drugs? Are you, it, it actually has it all. It has all of the uh, all of the impact of one of those. Uh, you have to make an anti drug message because you've been convicted of drug possession. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. This sketch. is community service. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where is uh, Willie Nelson when you need him? <laughs> Three's where I ended up there. Uh, what the fuck moments? You know, for me, the biggest what the fuck moment was was um, it was Gene Kelly. Um, it was why is he here? Why is he the mechanic? But and then at one point they refer to like you know when he's facing off against red buttons and I think it was Red who says get your gorilla off of me and I'm like has anybody ever referred to Gene <laughs> Kelly as a gorilla before? I'm pretty sure that's a no. Uh, otherwise, the only what the fuck was was really why am I watching this <laughs> because. <laughs> you know, it's and it's a shame. I mean, like you, you feel like it really should be, it should be interesting, and that it should have tons of them, but it's just it feels like a TV movie. So I'm just gonna give it a two. Um, I'll I'll give it a one just for the um <laughs> the, the hospital breakout because the there was obviously no reason uh for Evil Knievel to drive his bike into the hospital to get his friend. Um, oh yeah, that's right. But yeah, and maybe a little bit of that speech because that speech is freaking insane. Uh, Jesse being a junkie, but displaying it in no way whatsoever throughout the film is a little bit weird. But that's it. Just it's just a little bit off. It's not WTF. So yeah, one. A one. I think you described things that were not more than a one. How about the fact that he, at one point he sneaks into the hospital to see Gene Kelly, and in order to do so, he he takes uh, like a paramedic's clothes, like Evil Knievel, arguably the most famous man on the planet behind Muhammad Ali, would be completely unrecognizable if he was wearing a white suit instead, and not but, just recognizable. He was in that hospital a day before. <laughs> yes! Yes! That's so it's not like the people know. there were like, wouldn't be thinking of seeing Evil Knievel. <laughs> like, damn, um, wish I had been on shift there yesterday when Evil Knievel was in. <laughs> Man, that, that orderly I've never seen before sure looks a lot like Evil Knievel. What a coincidence. Oh, my God. Now, I was a little bit confused because I was, I was sort of drifting off during the, this film at certain points. Now... <laughs> Was Gene Kelly actually on dope of some sort during this film? There or was, was it, that was going to be what I brought up next? Was that he was drugged by the Jesse character once? Oh, yeah, which I was enough that. enough for him to become a crazy drug addict junkie for the rest of the film. Like <laughs> I thought, Dabney Coleman was in on it. Like I thought uh, that was the deal that he was like keeping him drugged. Yeah, out. yeah. Okay, okay, I missed that because it was. You know, I also spaced out of paces. <laughs> if you make a seven-hour movie, spaced <laughs> out. Yeah, I didn't look at the time. I'm just assuming from my enjoyment level that it was seven hours. Yeah, it felt like it, didn't it? Um, yeah, it's it's it doesn't have a ton of WTFs. Like I say, it's more just bad and boring. But there is a few in there, and they're pretty good. So I got a full. I. Uh, I think uh, we spoke a bit about uh, the Lauren Hutton romance. Um, 
the structure of that romance is pretty messed up uh, because they meet and basically have a, a debate about feminism where I guess he wins. Um, <laughs> be, she basically it comes down to like she wants to be referred to as Ms. And he says, uh, oh, you're one of them. And she said, oh, you're one of those. Uh, Which and then he is the best just, line in the movie. And then he uses uh, what what would now be referred to as negging. He basically just criticizes her until she falls in love with her with him. Um, so that, that's a weird arc. Uh, There's was there ever less chemistry between two leads <laughs> ever in the history of film than these two? Like no, but there's no way you believe that these two would be into each other. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at I all. thought I thought for a little while her and Gene Kelly were going to end up together. I thought that's where it was going. Hey, I thought her and the kid might have a romance. They <laughs> <laughs> seem more likely. She became quite maternal for the kid, and she is spending a lot of time with Gene Kelly. And I thought that's I thought like, that actually would make sense of where this is going to go. Oh, uh, the scene where she lambasts both of them. Both she, where she lays into both evil and Gene Kelly for not being good. You're you're not a good father because you're never there and you're a drunk and you're making him look like a bad father. So you're not a good man either because <laughs> you're making Actually, you're being so. I wonderful. love that speech. I I, I thought that's that. I thought that's, that's where the story w- was going, yeah. but it's never brought five. up again. Five. I'm going up to five on WTS based on that speech. Jesus. <laughs> Her argument for him being a bad person is that he's too wonderful to the kid and making the father <laughs> not look good. And the reason that G- so the relationship between G. Kelly and, and his son is that the kid's been away at boarding school. Uh, Gene Kelly's basically spent no time with him for the kid's entire life of 10 years because uh, Gene Kelly's wife died in childbirth and he blames the child, which is the darkest freaking moment of the whole movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Like it's they just a day childbirth. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Sure. You blame him for your wife's death is what they okay, say. I, I actually right. just assumed yeah. she died in a motorcycle accident. That's <laughs> why you freaked out when the kid got on a bike. We never <laughs> mentioned him sneaking much into the orphanage. How crazy that is. I was going to come back to that. Cause yeah, at the very beginning, evil sneaks into an orphanage to give his own action figures to all the kids. They clearly have met him before. Uh, they, uh, he's not just like celebrity evil can evil. He's like their pal evil. And, uh, and at one point it's implied that he healed a crippled child. <laughs> there's, a, there's a kid who's on the crutches. Oh, yes. Because of you, oh, I yeah, can yeah. now this and puts down the Yes. Crutches. I, 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 I that was just a callback to something evil did. <laughs> Didn't he like injure himself and then threw away the crutch on TV? Well, yeah. Yes. But but that because he was able to do that, he inspired a child to be healed. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I mean, like, I'm up so, to a so the, six now. So the I'm kid worked. The kid worked harder at his rehab. Uh, that's I don't I don't that. Yeah, no, work. it was just a confidence move. It wasn't. It wasn't. He wasn't blessed. He was yeah. No, he wasn't blessed, but but Evil Knievel was a saint. He wants you to know that. Oh, oh, I don't, I don't question that Evil Knievel wants you to know that he was a saint, but I don't think that's what the fucking anyway. Uh, for sex. My, so my, my last, my last, uh, my last bit is just a, a little bit of business about the, the 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 drug running plot is is that they're going to get evil into Mexico. Uh, they have created a duplicate of his trailer that they've loaded up with drugs and they're going to kill evil and 
have a and then they're going to come back to the US and no one's going to search it when you're like bringing the body of evil Knievel back. That's the whole plan. It is never clear aside from just a one line of uh, we needed more time, why they needed to make an exact duplicate of the trailer because <laughs> it takes up an enormous <laughs> amount of screen time. <laughs> and I'm like, is it because at the end they're going to blow that up? And like, they don't want to, like evil doesn't want to imply that his own trailer is destroyed. Uh, is it, like, is it only because evil doesn't want the idea that his own trailer has drugs in it at any point? Like, there isn't, there's no real reason why they spend about 20 minutes of screen time making this duplicate trailer. <laughs> there is oh. no reason they ha- they have to get evil Knievel at it. I I don't I don't think that drug enforcement really cares if you're bringing back the bottle uh, body of evil Knievel. <laughs> I I think it's a poor plan from the start. It, it it seems that way. Yeah, it does seem that way. But uh, you know, it makes sense. I mean, if you want to snag actually million dollars, some Mexicans in Mexico. It does too. <laughs> but if you want to sneak across fifty million dollars and even Knievel dead, I'm pretty sure they're not going to check his body at the borderline because he was that's their plan. The yeah. famous. The yeah, famous. but they're going to check the truck. That's the core of their plan right but there. But are they? Like, do they, do they really, they? Yeah. like, yeah. I think he's so revered. Yeah. The thought is that they're going to leave it alone because he's so revered. And would you ship anybody's body across the border by land? I mean, he has to be going bad. <laughs> you fly the body back. <laughs> well, they have, they embalmed him Why in Why would you throw him in, a, in the back of a semi? Uh... I got no answer for that one. I, yeah, you, fair you, enough. So that I'm up to a seven. I don't. Anybody else want to adjust the scores there now? <laughs> you've, I mean, you've you've convinced me that that all makes perfect sense. I guess that that's none of that's what the fuck. Um, seven for me as well. Uh, memorable moments. Honestly, honestly, like the for me, I'm I can almost guarantee that that you could even mention in a year and say like so so stan what did you think of evil can evil and i'm like god i've almost never watched anything with evil can evil so i'll have to i'll have to go and see and and you could be like well what about the movie that you watched and i'd be like i watched a movie with evil can evil um i I don't feel like i'm gonna remember this one very much um three um i'm going with the two I think I might remember this film like three or four years from now and just assume I saw it and it starred Elvis Presley. So, yeah. So, yeah, I get my score. So. I'm done. Um, yeah. I, the jumps are sort of the, – the crash is memorable. But it wasn't filmed for the film. Like, I, I remember it. Vividly, and I always will. I remember it from before, and I remember it from this movie. It's incredibly vivid because it really was a hell of a thing that crash, and the fact that he survived is unreal. In fact, he's interviewed not too long after <laughs> that. Uh, he was one tough son of a gun, uh, but it's not filmed for the film. Uh, I'll probably remember how pretty Lauren Hutton is too. I think I'll I think I'll carry more uh, of this away, and part of it is just this uh, you know the juxtaposition of who evil really was, and then 
like a hundred minutes of him trying his damnedest to lock in that vision of who he was. There's several documentaries on him. Which one did you watch? And by the way, the John Badham movie came out in 2004, which means he would have still been alive when that came out because he died in 2007. I said 2015. <laughs> so uh, what? Which which of the documentaries was it you watched? Uh, honestly, I would have to look up the name of it. It was just the documentary that you can even remember. That. <laughs> did it I'll, talk about I'll, his I'll demons and his different things? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it was made after he passed away. Um, so it's and it uh, there's a lot of uh, interview with his uh, with his second wife, uh, also his first wife. So there's a, yeah, it's a fairly um, fairly broad. Uh, uh, that sounds right. Uh, it, to answer your earlier question, he did not do a love boat, but he did. A, he did do a bionic woman. Oh, okay. Well, that that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> How good is that when we finally do a, a season of uh, of uh, TV shows, <laughs> a, a uh, subseason or something? Four, four for memorable for me, and the final category being crazy concept. Well, you got the ponder the giant Bigfoot already. <laughs> I just, you know, when it comes to crazy concept, in this case, this this just feels like, uh, like here's the thing. I, the only thing that I knew about Evil Knievel going into this movie was that he was a guy who jumped things and and did that kind of thing. And, and that he was really big in the 70s, and I have a vague recollection of him. Knew nothing about him personally. You know, all this is news to me. So when I go into this and I, and I see this movie, this just feel, like, feels like Hollywood churning churning the wheels to to make a cookie cutter cookie cutter action movie that they can insert evil can evil in too yeah no there's of course there's an evil can evil movie and of course he stars in it um it's predictable um yeah space jam in the 70s um yeah too um, yeah, I'm trying to think of, like, the fact that this is the third Evil Knievel movie of the 70s, and it's the first one to star him. <laughs> I, and this wasn't because, like I say, and it's because he's he wasn't happy with his portrayal. This isn't, this isn't Howard Stern, who, who's like, believes he can do it right. This is, you know, and, and doesn't necessarily make himself look good in the movie all the time. This is a guy who makes himself... Yeah, like that part is not crazy at all. This is a guy, like I say, trying to shape his his public image as he w- tried to do his whole, whole career. But that whole getting the drugs across the border plot, I cannot let go of the insanity of that. So when I attach that as the main plot and then there's 400 subplots, um, I got to give this a four. I think, you know, as, as Nick said, uh, of course, there's an evil Knievel movie, and of course, it co-stars Gene Kelly as a, <laughs> as, as a drunk who abandoned his child because his wife died in childbirth, and of, <laughs> and of course, Leslie Nielsen is the bad guy. Um, actually, that maybe that maybe that's okay. Um, <laughs> but of course, the the like when when Leslie Nielsen dies, he like he does this rollover, but all they do is like roll the camera. Like like an old, like an old comedy. Uh, I kept thing. on expecting him to be funny because he's playing it totally straight. And I'm yeah, watching this, is... this, and I just watched some Police Squad on on YouTube, and it's like you totally expecting him. I'm like, I, I feel like I should be laughing, but. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Lesson Lesson wasn't a comedic actor until kind of around this time. Mm-hmm. It really was Airplane that made him a comedic actor. Um, well, Police Squad would have been first. 
one of those two was like was first and but it, he really was a serious actor prior to that uh and uh kind of got stuck into being comedy after that he, he had been uh, quite an earnest actor uh i, I think the, i think the rest of the pitch is weird like i think it's because especially when the airplane was first my bad yeah it's, it's especially to, uh, if <laughs> Especially to make the goal of like making evil look good, nothing else does. Like, like it doesn't actually accomplish that in most of the ways. Uh, I'm at a six for this one, and uh, this film does get a minus one because it tips over that that It's over ninety five minutes at at six six. It's only like six hours forty five. Like, don't you don't <laughs> exaggerate. <laughs> this that is uh that gives it a final total of uh 31 out of 100 which ties it for second last in the octagon <laughs> i think it's fair wow. to say we're all bigger fans of evil knievel than this movie it's, <laughs> yeah even 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 uh stan who was completely unfamiliar with him is a bigger fan of evil knievel than this movie honestly for me the the thing about this movie was that it it just felt like a uh, you know, a TV movie that wasn't really that wasn't crazy enough to to you know you know that that was just perfectly well done with with the people the kind of people that you might expect in this kind of kind of movie like where when you when you compare this to Rock and Roll Nightmare that we just did I mean these are night and day in no in like the kind no of the kind of movie this is just you know a pat hollywood piece that one is batshit crazy so i mean that i i think that's really it like i it's not that i think it's a poorly made movie other than it just seems really long i think it's perfectly interesting it's just not we we did not crazy. have to debate whether this had a script yeah yeah that's no, for sure no that's right <laughs> we, we know, know it had a script yes. it just wasn't a good script yeah, I I don't know that I don't know that uh, Evil Knievel memorized his own lines, but he did have a script. Oh, I mean, and I'm sure Evil Knievel could probably talk his way through the whole movie, no matter what. Yeah, yeah. And his kid Robbie Knievel uh, went on to become a stunt guy himself, trying to like match his father and stuff. Mm-hmm. And what a dumb move that was. <laughs> As as a little as a little throwback for the for the cult film fans that have been with us since the beginning, uh, Robbie Knievel was one of the stuntmen in Ninja Three: The Domination. Oh, that's great! That's great. <laughs> well, there is there is a, uh, a a mini series being made on his life that's shut down due to the pandemic situation, but we have that to look forward to someday. Uh, Being Evil was the name of that uh, documentary I watched. Uh, it's on it's on the Prime the prime all right well wow. well i know that next episode so now now in this case um uh chris peacock you have uh you've made a change to <laughs> to our movies and next one up is now now this change yeah originally i was i did lila ozado uh destroyer and um i'm, I'm glad i switched it out because i after i switched it out i watched the film and it wouldn't have scored that great um, I don't know how this next one will score, but it, it, you know, I mean, Destroyer is pretty a pretty standard slasher film. So uh, I'm glad to 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 be able to throw into the octagon a film that, like, I'm not sure I've actually ever seen the full film. I think I've seen so many clips so many times that I thought I saw the full film, but thinking back, I'm like, did I ever sit down and watch this full thing? I know that uh, our friend Mr. Kata there is a uh, Mr. Kata is very familiar with the film, I, be, mm-hmm. I do believe. Um, yep. 
UHF with Weird Al Yankovic is is the uh, my choice to go into the octagon next. Well, I know that that movie is is completely different from Viva Knievel. There's no question about that. No question there. <laughs> yes. So I mean that's that's good. I mean if we needed to cleanse our palate, then this is this is the way to do it. So I think at least we'll be entertained. <laughs> We're going to find something entertaining, for sure. I, I It'll be interesting to see how it scores, no doubt. Um, Jim, business. All right. Well, we mentioned the Octagon. This movie just entered the bottom of the Octagon. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it clawed its way out well, of the bottom. What's at the top of the Octagon? Well, you, you can find out by going to wetalkpodcast.com. Uh, the We Talk Podcast guys also have a Facebook and they have a Twitter and uh, we are on Instagram at the Cult Film Showdown. Yeehaw, Cult Film And please showdown. subscribe to the show everywhere. We're also on, uh, we're on YouTube. We're on your favorite podcast app. That's right. Hell, subscribe to us places we aren't. That's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh. That's Cult without a K. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do the letter game again. Okay. <laughs> Let's not. Um, let's get ready for UHF next episode. So does anybody have any last thoughts about uh, Evil Can Evil? Viva Can Evil. The song. Yeah, I, I, when that song came out in the opening credits, I was like, this film's going to be great. Yeah, oh, like, that totally. Song, so, that song is some, some crazy Love there. it. Love that song. And it's all downhill from there, unfortunately. <laughs> but, uh... That song is so 70s, though. Oh, well, it's, only, it's, it's downhill. It's, it's like a it's porn, all, porn music song. It's downhill, and then there's a little ramp, yeah. and then there's a pile of lions, and, and then and it's then it, and then it's a crash. <laughs> then it completely crashes. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's the way it yeah. goes. What about the time that that he's being chased by that car, and he goes and he turns a U-turn, and the car turns a U-turn clearly in the middle of the road, and the next thing you know, Leslie Nielsen and everybody is flipping over, and the car is exploding. The explosion oh, of the car, but... you know, the fir- the first explosion was so cheesy looking and then of course the car's on fire in the next shot that yeah exactly and, and that but the, also i mean the camera when he when it when it does the u-turn shows that you can see at least six feet of dirt meaning that at the very least he's six feet away from the edge minimum and then he's over the edge they, they fall over the edge that's some bad filmmaking uh, uh, i already closed the, seen the documentaries did mm-hmm. evil jump lions uh, no, because that just strike me as more dangerous for the lions than <laughs> it really does. <laughs> that would get you in some trouble if you yeah, if you really failed does. that it's, and landed yeah. on lions. It would be I, like maybe, but not lions. <laughs> All right, let's let's uh, let's let's finish talking about evil can evil. <laughs> so, for Jim and for Chris and for Nick, I am your host, Eighth Dan Stanadu, and thanks for listening to the Cult Film Showdown. The first name in excitement, the one and only Evil Knievel. Stars in his first motion picture, Viva Knievel. Are you okay? That was sweet. Sweet? I guess the exciting part is the jump, huh? Evil Can Evil. 
he puts his life on the line with every death-defying jump. The indestructible evil in the excitement picture of the year, Viva Camille. Also starring Gene Kelly. Dad? I'm Tommy, your son. Where the hell did you come from? Lauren Hutton. Well, I don't run with the pack. Never did, never will. Red Buttons. Better get rid of him before he gets you killed. Eric Olson. You got yourself a full-time job till school starts. Leslie Nielsen. Cameron Mitchell. Albert Salmi. Now that tire's got to go flat the instant that Knievel has completed his job. You saw it just happen. Marjo Gortner. Hey, my lord wants to kill you and your buddy Will, too. Why? To take your body back to the United States is cover for about 50 million bucks worth of cocaine. Take this. That'll help even the odds. Save my kid, partner. Just say I love him. The chase is on. And the action never stops. Evil Knievel bets his raw nerve and roaring wheels against impossible odds. Daredevil evil in a spectacular story of spine-tingling suspense. I don't want to shoot your last jump. I don't want you to ever have a last jump. That's the nicest thing you said to me since I first met you. 